0: I'm going to curse. Wiggly World 146. It's never straight up and down. It's never straight up and down. World. Hello friends, it's your old pal Wiggly. I'm back in a sack. Saccharilliac. I don't know. Back in black. I hit the sack. I bet you know I live to be back. I'm on the loose with a goose. Something. It's great to be back. It's great to be here. It's great to be on my own show. A lot of other people have of course taken over a Wiggly World show And it wasn't called a Wiggly World It was called one of the other 100,000 podcasts that are out there A lot of new listeners out there I'm very excited about GiantMediaBall.com I know a lot of people have Twitter, they don't do Twitter I know a lot of people that have Facebook, they don't do Facebook And a lot of people that listen to podcasts, they don't listen to podcasts I know a lot of people that are a lot of people, they're not a lot of people so I wanted to tell you about giantmediaball.com. giantmediaball.com is now a uh, network station channel podcast catcher online sort of aggregated aggregator for your aggregator. It has a lot of programs. I just created uh, two new podcasts on the spur of the moment over the last week. One was Googling Googlers, and it was while I was uh, getting ready to guest appear on the Pie Crust Podcast. This week, I guest appeared on the Pie Crust Podcast. They're a part of the Club Kfabe network of programmings. And uh, I also, uh, so while I was waiting to figure out how to get on this Google what do you call it, group circles and um, things, guys and stuff. And, man, they use the Google, you know, that to, to record. Google, group, chromes, things. Uh, so they do that, and a lot of people use that now. They record their podcasts because it has a lot of features, and you can even do some live... Broadcasts where you have several people in different necks of the woods on video streaming, and the app will actually can actually do the switching for you. So, whoever's speaking, it can switch that person. So, it's pretty neat. I see there's a lot of shows on there. You can still see me live on Stickham. I will be part of the Donald Trump Casino Network. Donald Trump. You know, he's a, what, millionaire, multimillionaire? He's filed bankruptcy a dozen times, I think. Something of that nature. Somewhere between four and 12, I believe. Much more than four, I'm sure. Actually, a lot of times. Too too, too, for a millionaire to file bankruptcy that many times... And still be this cocky ass Well, that's why he's a millionaire, I guess Because he's a multimillionaire. Because he's a cocky ass And he's uh, he's shady, he's shifty And yet he gets to be on these programs And people listen to him I don't even know if people that listen to him Listen to him But if you're new to the Wiggly <laughs> Wiggly World program This is what you're in store for Tangents Mister, They call me Mr. Tangello Angents They don't, no one does But uh, subscribe to GiantMediaBall.com, either in your RSS aggregator or via the iTunes music store, if you can find where podcasts are. And you also have your iDevices that have a podcast application. You could use that, and good luck. Also new to the channel this week... Well, Googling Googlers. I just read people in in my circle and in extended circles. I try to read their names because you know how good I am with reading and especially reading things that aren't blatantly in English. I also have a problem trying to get on talking talkies and blowing my first line, which was from the movie Donnie Darko, and instead of saying... Suck a fuck. I said fuck a suck. So I was blowing into that. But I also appeared on the. Part of the club Cafe network of programming. I appeared on Talkin' Talkies. Which is a, a. Show where you. Dan and Chris get together. And they rehash a, a movie. You see. They, they watch a movie. And some of these are popular movies. Like if I did a movie review show. Say a movie review show called A Movie A Day, which would be incredibly stupid, insane, and probably going to happen. I would review movies that uh, you might not have heard of or might not be popular or are popular uh, or you heard of but never watched or things like this there or then there. But this does shows, programs that you should watch, and they encourage you to watch it during a week and then rehash along with them. Allow them to rehash on their side one way, and then you hear it on the other way. So somewhere in between those two shows, I came up with the Oprah podcast. And the Oprah podcast is developed specifically only for Oprah to listen to. So uh, what happened was someone sent me The letter that I read on there is an actual (laughs) text I received, and it was after I asked why we can't get a show, at least on the O-Network, because of its success and our success (laughs) doing different types of things, podcasting and video and drawing. And I I just heard, like, a mouse talking? Oh, oh no, I was Power Rangers. Oh, I don't think you could have heard that, but... I had to get that out for the opening song of Talkin' Talkies because I made a made a, a theme song on the spot. So, Googling Googlers... Actually, it's Googling Googlers Plus. Googling Googlers Plus is under 10 minutes. And the Oprah podcast is under two minutes. So, you know, they're just little fun things. Well, maybe they're fun, they're fun for me. I don't know who else gets a kick out of it, but I sure do. Um, and they're, you know, more into... What's coming out of this mass, this this gray-pinkish mass that's within my skull, I hope to talk about things like consciousness and uh, subconsciousness and how thinking happens. And even for people that are very critical thinkers, how we... Well, we, we absolutely don't have any control. Although, if you talk to Dennis Dennett, Dennis Dennett, 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 Dennis Dennis, Dennett, I'm just going to say Dennett. If you talk to the philosopher Dennett, you will know that uh, he has a different opinion on this. And uh, we'll get into the specifics of it in tech news. Tech talk, tech talk. Nobody cares about tech talk. Uh, Poop, We doo. There you go. That's real. <clears throat> it's only things I can. Oh, I have a, I have a triangle, but I don't know where the whacker blacker is for it. Te- In tech news, uh, I finally have a Nintendo 3DS. It was a February 7th gift this past February 7th from Christina Marie Check, Chizzy Check. And so now I'm only I don't know what four years late with that. So I like that. That's pretty good. Sega has re-released a lot of their. 16-bit games or their Sega M2 arcade machines with a 3D overhaul. So that's mainly what I've been looking into. Also, they had their uh, carnival, summer carnival, summer carnival, festival carnival shooting games. (laughs) Um, The first one was called RECA. R-E-C-A, I'm pretty sure. Maybe a double C. But it's a summer shooting carnival, which I had for the PC engines. And they basically, well, not basically, they actually were games created just for competitive shooting game con- competitions uh, that were yearly. I don't know how exactly how many years they ran. I think uh, three years on the Turbo and one year preceding that on the Nintendo Entertainment System, which is, of course, called the Famicom, the Family Computer um, Entertainment System system thingy uh, in Japan so uh, they had that that's not in 3D but it is interesting to see that being released uh, as a downloadable thing on the thing so I'm enjoying my my Nintendo 3DS talk about that more when we talk games also in technology news technology I, uh, iPhone 6 uh, the uh, the Kindle and the iPad. Of course. Don't forget the iMini. I'm I'm a Mini. The Mac Mini, don't forget about that. Great as an entertainment system. More expensive than your Apple TVs, much more expensive than your Google Chromecast, much more expensive than your Amazon Fire Stick. Amazon Fire Stick is what I recommend, friends, because you can actually install XBMC on there with no problem. And that's why I also talk about a Mac Mini, because you're never going to have problems. If you can afford to spend that extra money for a Mac Mini, you're going to be able to run any type of movie on there. Plus, you get to install Steam, so you can play You know your games on there and you also have the mac app store if you want to get um, some of the games off of there so mac mini is nice for a little entertainment center to pull from different servers or what have you uh, over over an apple tv now that's on the very high end of course the amazon fire stick is quite inexpensive and uh, I think outshines the Google Chrome. The Google. Do you ever use Google Chrome? It's only for babies, but uh, it's great. If you ever use Google Chrome, you don't have to worry about enunciation or any type of language, really, except oos and ahs and grunts and groans and uh, baba. Now, in concrete news, your backer rod joint backer. You need sand. Some type of polyurethane or polyurethane caulking. And probably a chisel. And you might also want to get a roadware concrete mender. And make sure you get your silicate sand. Silicate! I used to work with sodium silicate and uh quite dangerous. Hazmat. I worked in a bleachery with quite dangerous chemicals like uh, um, food grade food grade hydrogen peroxide, caustic soda and sodium silicate. Sodium silicate wasn't very dangerous on its own. It basically that was the thickening agent that would help the soap of the other more corrosive and dangerous elements. But it would uh, it would create a silicone drip, be like icicles made out of silicon, you could call it. And of course, we did this all without any type of respirators. We did wear large rubber gloves. However, when it was time for OSHA to come around for inspection, hey, what do you know? Respirators and aprons and everything else. Uh, shields, eye shields, splash guards. By the way, it is free ball on Friday, so. I'm just going to rock out with my free ballins out. I have no idea where this is going. I know I mentioned I want to talk about some type of consciousness and choices and thinking ways. Biological, physiological, electronical, mechanical. Go to bed. Time for go to bed in bar rescue news John Taffer this is this is actually serious I wanted to talk about this because it's 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 deeper than John Taffer and bar rescue John Taffer and bar rescue are uh, bar rescue is a program that I do have on my Tivo pretty much everything else has been coming off of my home entertainment setup i use cody now xbmc was my old interface it is now called cody they're finally their own type of entity their own type of interface called cody which is nice k-o-d-i which probably has nothing to do with code c-o-d-e <laughs> nudge nudge wink wink and that pulls from my media servers, my NAS servers, with all the different types of programs and shows and things like that there. And I also put uh, pulled down a lot of you know, YouTube videos, Watch that. I talked about that on the last episode, I think, which was about the Illuminati's. So mainly that's what I watch, things that you could see on Netflix, things that you could see on Amazon Prime. But Bar Rescue is sort of a once and done show You see it and you don't really need to go back to it Maybe you want to go onto the website and learn how to make a beverage An adult beverage of some sort However, you don't really, you know, the, the thrill is gone It's sort of like Mythbusters You only would go back if you can't remember the outcome of something Then you would fast forward to where you want to be But I watch this show and, you know, it's very, very force faked uh, Much like Judge Judy, another program I enjoy So there's really only two shows I TiVo and watch off of TiVo anymore, and that would be Judge Judy. That's great to put on to play all programs uh, while you take a nap because there'll be at least 20 or 30. (laughs) Judge Judy's on the TiVo at any given time because it's on four times a day. And I also watch uh, Taffer's show, The Bar Rescue, when they're new programs uh, before I go to work or something like that, when I'm eating breakfast. And there was this one bar, and it was this uh, woman who had a bar called the Underground Wonder Bar. It was was a nice two-floor bar, I believe. And the woman was a... She wasn't a yuppie. She was really a hippie. But not quite old enough to be a real hippie. So she was sort of like an art... An art person, probably my my age, but she <laughs> was genuinely hip for herself. She was genuine to herself, but in a bubble as to being a business person, and, and that's that's the whole point of this program is Judge uh, Judge <laughs> Judge Taffer going in and yelling at people, much like Judge Judy does. A lot of the yelling added in post, in both programs, basically he goes in there and yells at people, and it's all about the fact that they're trying to do their passion, but much like my passions, they're not making money at their passions. The only difference is that they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into this actual physical bar business and they're still trying to make their passion out of this this bar not moving forward not watching what's going around going on around them and you know this is you could think of this as, as as all metaphor you could think of this as as all deep shit even though it's about a guy going in and yelling about business but you could you could you can really apply this to on many different levels and this wonder bar is going to definitely uh apply to one level that I hope to get at the point of however oh boy my my throat's gone because I've been on so many shows this week basically if you have a business like a bar where you're employing people and people depend on this for their livelihoods and you might have almost everybody I've seen on this program has a family and they have a house and most of them have uh, leaned their house against this business and are in danger of losing their house, how much of this is fluffed out, I don't really know. However, when you're running a a bar or any type of gathering place, unless you're independently wealthy, you sort of have to change with the times. This applies to small businesses or large businesses. If you want to keep it going under your vision, your ideas, then you have to suffer the repercussions of, of losing business. And that's okay if you're doing it just as a, I don't like to say vanity project as a as a real as a real just an extension of yourself I guess and that's what this person was trying to do I don't remember her name I only remember the situation and the name of the, the name of the place the underground wonder bar Vunderbar. So she, she might have been, like I said, like my age, still rocking the long hair, um, all of it gray by now. She probably would not use any sort of dyes in her hair. She was very natural. Although she did serve chicken, it had to be whatever you call it, free range. I don't mind free. I like free range. But it had been without antibiotics and without all these other types of things and additives, et cetera. doesn't—that doesn't really matter in this uh, conversation. But she also had tablecloths with a set of crayons on the on the table on the bar table, and she also performed their nightly or weekly I I don't recall which on the piano so she was a very folksy type of artsy person and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way but it's definitely in a bad way for a liquor bar where the which was half ass it was half ass artsy if she would have went full artsy maybe I could have seen it working Although, from what I understand, not in that area, which is a very more a more sophisticated area that would be probably embarrassed to do many of these activities. But definitely, you don't want to go with crayons, and you don't want to go with just sitting there um, playing a the piano um, and not not taking the advice of others as far as your performance ability. Sometimes people who love to perform. Maybe should perform, do one song, uh, and uh, are better promoters, actually, than they are actual artists or performers. They're better promoters. They're better at putting artists together, uh, but at a lot of times it's hard to step back and realize, well, I maybe I don't have it. Or if I do have it, I shouldn't involve it in business, none of which is what i'm trying to talk about here so the underground wonder bar had crayons it was a it was just a horrible bar the bar was of course running down suffering from this because of a lack of income lack of money the patrons were dwindling to almost nothing and if the crayons didn't chase them out of the room certainly the performance the nightly performances did so John Taffer renamed it. Yes, he does. He goes in, he takes over sometimes. Most of the times he will rename it uh, depending on the demographic, but he really does. It. They say bar science. It's a science. And it's true. There's a lot of techniques and a lot of research as to what works, what doesn't. A lot of planning as to the mean income of the surrounding area. Uh, a, a lot of thought put into what type of crowds are at what type of times. Like a lot of bars recently, he's been putting in happy hour for the older folks and then nightlife type of uh, scenarios for the younger crowds that would come out at night. So he called this, this bar, really made it very sophisticated and called it the Clear Bar. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. And it was based around these... Beautiful ice pieces and huge ice pieces in the middle, this huge um, main thing that you look at, which was incredibly artistic. And it's very sad that she didn't see those clear lines and those artistic lines. And the drinks were all made to look completely clear as well. Clear and clean. And before Taffer did anything, he made the uh, the current owner sign an agreement that she would not change it back to the underground Wonder Bar once he left. So she for I don't remember for how long, six months, a year, something of that. Maybe even only three months, I don't know. So she cha- she signed an agreement not to change it back to, to the look of the underground wonder bar um but you know you could tell that she she really wasn't having it although she said she was her son loved it the the crew they her bartenders and and everyone else involved with it servers and whatnot and, and cook i think they put a cook in uh, but i can't be certain on that but everybody loved it and I, and I gotta tell you like i said it, it was freaking beautiful and then I had a different theme for um the the other area of it and i believe it was uh, they put soundproofing in so you could have uh, different types of uh, groups one group downstairs one group upstairs or poetry, poetry upstairs poetry also happened But don't you know, I guess she found a loophole in the contract. (laughs) Much like Lao Tzu said about when you write down the law, the first thing that happens is people will find holes in what is written down. So not to write down a line we know this about with lawyers. Put new laws on the books every year. And uh, the job for the lawyers to find a loophole in those, uh, in those, oh my gosh. Here comes the, here it comes. Oh, here it comes. Here here comes the retweets. Sorry about the noise, folks. I'll. Oh, I have to move these devices. A few days later, she took down the name. <laughs> she took down the name of Clear, and I'm. Uh, she probably put uh, Underground Wonder Bar back up. I guess that was not in the contract that she would change the name. The contract might have only been about. The appearance of the bar, the way the bar was, I, I don't really recall. But in a business like this, to me, that is very lazy. What needed to happen and what she needed to do was find that connectivity. Find that connectivity between art and clarity. The, the clarity, the clear bar, her that brand, she needed to find that connectivity. And she just didn't. She didn't she she was just lazy now like i mentioned the only thing i wanted to talk about was decision making today and and critical thinking and things like this and how we're not necessarily in control of things that we um actually believe we are the authors of the actions so you know i I can't blame her for a disconnect in there but for people that are listening to this show um you just really needed to find that connectivity between between the two things: what she had for a business, which she had to run for a business, for herself, for her son, for her son's family, for her home, for the people that work for her to make a living, to make a living off this business. You have to find the connectivity between what she loved, what was hers, and. You, of course, you have to relinquish control. You have to relinquish some control to people that are more expert in certain areas. And that's something I learned um, quite a while ago. I used to have you know, incredibly detailed control over the sound of uh, my band, Trap Door. That's why we remained connected to an external sequ- sequencer for our live performances for years and years and years because I was the person doing the programming, majority of the programming. To, it might as well have been all the programming because of how much of the programming I actually did. So I needed that base of what I had previously sequenced to be underneath the music, the, the additions, the extra dimensions that were added by the live musicians. And the fake musicians and, and, all, and everybody else. And concentrate on the performance. So I can concentrate on the performance, on the singing, on the dancing and things like this. Well, I knew I had that solid bass underneath that I had prepared good for good or bad. You know, you, it, you didn't have to like it. It might not have been aesthetically pleasing. It might not have been pleasing to anybody. But to me, it allowed me to have control of that. Then I finally relinquished control. I said, okay, well, here's, here's my bass. Now you add your own dimensions to it from from the bottom up, and we completely got rid of of all uh, external sequencings to the point of me having to play these incredibly complex series of samples on the keyboard that of course, made no musical sense because they're just people talking or sound effects but they're rhythmic sound effects they're sound effects that have to happen at a certain time they're sound effects that are going constantly through the songs and they're sound samples that are going on simultaneously with other sound effects with with my other fingers so um it's like playing a soundboard if you're into radio but it's playing it's like playing a soundboard as an instrument where you're playing with your when you're using all your fingers to play it like a like a piano so you have to relinquish some control to to other people that are better at things than you are, or better in a in a horizontal move, or better in a different way than you are. I liked certain musicians in my band that would do the things that I could I was thinking but was not talented enough to do. I enjoyed the I liked the people in my band that could do things parallel to me the same uh, as what I could do but couldn't because I was doing something else and I like people in the band that would do things completely different than what I would ever think of or ever do or perhaps even want to do but I liked the sound and I liked uh, what they did um, because there it was and I enjoyed it I would tell them if I, if I didn't enjoy it, but it was definitely in a method, in a form, in a presentation that I would not have thought of, and it added that extra dimension to the music. I've spoken about, about this before, that you often hear the cliche, do what you love and the money will follow. As a person that has been fortunate enough to have had success in what they do, and believe that they are the masters of uh, of those of that good fortune, instead of the appreciators of that good fortune, of the realizers that it was good fortune, they believe they are the architect of their good fortune but you can't always do what you love and the money will follow because obviously the money has not followed for me. And I've been doing what I love since I was 12, I think is when I started out pursuing my passions. It's around the time I started my first band, seriously drawing um, and things like this. And, Study um, of course I was studying biblical studies at the time, but it might as well have been philosophical studies because I was I was questioning what I was being taught in religion and seeking out what I believed was going to lead me to the truth. However, I was only doing it in a very myopic way, a very flashlighty way. Versus floodlighty way, as Alan Watts would say. So, what I'm saying is that, yes, you know, aim for the stars, but don't be attached to the outcome. That's what Giant Media Ball is about. Giant Media Ball, when people sign a contract with a Stinky, which is not a contract at all. All they have to do is contact Stinky at giantmediaball.com to have their podcast considered to be part of the schedule. The only prerequisite is that the sound levels need to be even and close to even. The podcast needs to be listenable. And I don't mean this in a, in a mean-spirited way because, as I mentioned before with other uh, performance Bands, groups, solo performers—it's really not about the quality of the recordings that I am cons- that I personally am concerned with. I can see, um, I can hear what it lies beneath the technology of the recording or the performance or what have you. I'm not—I'm not alone in in this, perhaps, but. I I can see where there's some, what I believe to be true talent, something that needs to be shared with the rest of the world, et cetera. And that's what I think of everything. That's what I do with everything. You know, let's share it with the world. So I specifically made, well, Stinky did. Stinky specifically made it so that there are zero statistics attached to giantmediaball.com. No AW stats, no, well, <laughs> but there's no, <laughs> there's no, uh, record of how many people subscribe to it there's there's nothing no metrics involved and if you want metrics involved perhaps because you have your own feed then you're just going to have to have a split audience um, because your feed is not cut into giantmediaball.com giantmediaball.com uploads your product to its own feed so there are zero metrics involved with it. It's all for the love of it. It's all for the want of sharing your crea- creativity, your creations, your passions, what have you, with um, for free with the listening audience. Now some people have, I don't know, there's all these different little types of, of um, money-generating things implemented now for performers or people that provide a, podcasting service, listening service, on-air, radio, etc., some type of um, expression of their talents. Or lack thereof, case in point, jackass of all trades. Yours truly. But you need to find that, that connectivity between what you're doing and what you want and what your vision is. So when you're at your nine-to-five job to pay for your passion, um, you can afford yourself to take chances sometimes. Now, if you're independently wealthy or your parents support you, you have a much better opportunity at making your passion a reality, making what you love and the money will follow because there is a little bit of capital up front. Now, if you're incredibly fortunate to have you don't, you don't get there by yourself. You know, that's what I mean. You 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 have to get there some by some method. You're not just incredibly good and now you're a millionaire because you're incredibly good without any other moving parts involved. There has to be an audience. There unless you figured out how to print money, that's a different story. If you're if you're art form is to print money then you can say that you've gotten rich by yourself although um, you know you would have had to grow your own ink trees (laughs) and then again you're using the earth it's all coming out of this earth it's all coming out of what was before it's all coming out of the dead it's all coming out of you being dead before you were alive and then going back to being dead Now I'm getting way, this is getting way too uh, deep here as far as just finding a connectivity, find a connectivity between. And as I mentioned before, uh, a billion zillion, gazillion times, there's no, there's no point in time that it's, uh, it's, it is a progression. It is a process, a process. Thought is a process. And uh, I don't know, I think I'm done with John Taffer and connectivity. Just try to, you know, implement that connectivity. I've had many opportunities to fully concentrate on creation. On creation of artwork, on creation of music, on creation of audio stuffs. I've had modicums of success in pretty much everything I've set out to do, but the money did not follow, friends. The money to live did not follow. If I wanted to live off of other people, then perhaps the money would have followed. But at some point, I had to pull the plug and get a at least a part-time job, which I have. However, my part-time jobs pay a lot of money, so that's good. I'm able to finally get a house. I moved out of... I lived in a chicken coop for 20 years, and if you're new to the program, it was an actual chicken coop. All the running water was across the yard into my parents' house basement, my mother's house. My father committed suicide when I was 12, so he wasn't around. My mom had a stepdad... A step... step I had a stepdad, but I didn't get him till I was, uh, you know, older and sort of striking out on my own already. And uh, they were both in poor health, so everything sort of came together where I ended up living um, on the same property, but in a chicken coop on a dis on a detached um, house <laughs> coop that also had a garage in it and a working workshop. But it was it was quite uh, it was it was not connected to the home i could not live in the, under the same roof as uh, my parents although like i like i mentioned i the the kitchen and the bathroom and the running water was all in a under her house in the basement so i was, I was the reverse fonzie fonzie lived over the cunninghams i lived under the millers and on several occasions i was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be able to not have a steady income provided by other people I was able to work for myself and put everything I had into the things I produce now although people seem to love it um, and I did implement a PayPal monthly donation thing that went anywhere from 50 cents I think to uh, $20 $50 I think was the high end but I found that the people that were that were contributing to this were as as uh, were worse off than I was, or on the same level, or slightly above my level. I don't want people that that are struggling themselves and are struggling artists to be supporting me. They need to put you know that that into themselves. So I disbanded that, even though I needed the that support. I I just I couldn't you know. Morally, have that happening. By the way, it's still Pack Month. Pack Month. Hashtag Pack Month on We Talk Games and now other podcasts, other video gaming sources. Ones on YouTube, ones on I don't know, are hashtagging Pack Month as well and, and. and giveaways and give twos and everything else associated with the hashtag PacMonth So on Twitter, do something PacMonthy Tell us your favorite Pac Pac Man game. Follow Follow We Talk Games. It's pretty hard to do that. It's called at We Talk Games. Create a YouTube video of PacMonth Month. Make a, a, a pinata of Pac Man. Um, dress up like Pac-Man, and uh, I don't know what you would do. Nothing dangerous, I hope, but uh, it might involve nudity. I don't know. Thing yourself around and make Pac-Month, and then hashtag it Pac-Month, and even at WeTalkGames if you can, and then you get a chance to win some beautiful artwork. Beautiful, 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 beautiful artwork. And also our friends at 8 Geek giving away uh, the the um, trilogy of or the quadrilogy or the trilogy I think it's the trilogy the trilogy of that game. Boy I see it. it has the, it has the big big mama, little sister, big brother, big papa everyone's yelling at their radios. you're underwater, you're bioshocking around. That's it Bioshock. So they have that trilogy up for Steam, I believe. Steam! I don't know why Steam sounds like you should shout it. Steam! So make that happen. Pack month, hashtag Pack month. I like to put the hashtag after the uh, words, but I am I was told by uh, Kyle Von Kubik that that doesn't work. I don't know. I, I, I think it does. You yeah. know, tomato, tomato. Before I get into consciousness and will, before I get into the code of Ur-Namu, I will get into the code of the magic of friendship. Please don't turn off your podcast now. I want to talk a little bit about My Little Pony. Friendship is magic, and believe me, uh, you're going to want to hear this, and if you haven't turned off your podcast, I thank you. Because I, what I have to say about it is not going to be like any brony movie you might have watched or anything like that. Um, as I mentioned ad nauseum on other programs, I am a jabroni. I began to watch My Little Pony after watching a brony tale. I believe it was. It was about one of the voice actors for uh, My Little Pony. And it showed a couple bronies on there, and how this uh, voice actor was scared to go to her first Brony convention, and that's where I stopped watching the movie because, as a voice artist and a voiceover artist, um, which I am, of <laughs> internet things and one independent video game, uh, the last thing you would be is afraid to go to some place where you're going to be recognized. For standing in a closet, talking, you would. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there are some people that would be reclusive, but most most people that that uh, go uncredited like like that. Um, You know, it's it's very difficult to make to make a living at it. It's a very competitive market. So going out and and meeting people that want to meet you and talk to you, it it just it just seems silly. So to me, it was silly whether or not it was real or not. It seemed it seemed to be a lot of it seemed to be faked out to make the the movie more interesting. So that, that premise was silly, and then, uh, and then she had a band as well, which to me, I, it, I don't know, it just, it just lost me. I don't mind bands. I like bands a lot. Uh, some bands, of course, I'll be jealous of because they have uh, more success, in, and uh, I when I see a performance that I know I can improve on, that's when I get jealous and upset, and you know things, certain things I can't control, other things I can't. It depends on the group. You know, if, if they're very different than what I do, I can really get behind it. If they're too similar, to the i i enjoy to put on a big performance uh, if you don't know yeah you know, look up uh, wiggly of trapdoor trapdoor on youtube uh, you're gonna have a hard time finding it <laughs> so go to wiggly Wiggly's, wiggly's world.com w-i-g-g-l-y-s world.com Wiggly'sworld.com and there's links to all the crap i do the uh, the website is very ugly right now because i'm i'm split between the we talk games website the production of the giant dot website and uh, of course uh, wiggliesworld.com and then all the other shows have their own websites as well but uh, they're, they're really just you know little places where it's a repository of the podcast um feed So My Little Brony, I watched that and then uh, didn't make it all the way through and I was quite scared to watch my first episode of My Little Pony because of all the people talking about it, the characters are so deep and they're so developed. Well, let me tell you, the characters are not deep. They're not developed. (laughs) They are incredibly transparent. You have the, and they're they're even, uh, given their attributes, Is the whole principle behind this magic working is that one has to be honest one has to be brave one has to be you know have laughter. So Pinkie Pie is, is this uh, laughter person. Um, Rainbow Dash is this jock jocular confident person um, uh, the other people. <laughs> uh this is a rarity is is you know interested in fashion and beauty and high fashion and things like this um and and so all these characters are incredibly transparent there's more there's, uh, fluttershy she's she's shy so i mean they're they're incredibly transparent and not deeply developed characters because they stand for they're they're pure representations of their character design. I don't consider it being deep. And the purpose of each episode, as far as I can tell, and I'm almost finished with the entire series. I'm in the fourth season. Uh, the, the, and I even watched the first movie, Equestrian Girls, which I don't want to really talk about this on this program. But the whole thing about this is overcoming, doing something that that is a bit unnatural to that character trait to resolve the crisis that will happen per episode. So I don't consider that to be incredibly deep or philosophical or whatever. Now, some people can relate to it. And, you know, I've brought this up before. I get get thanks for uh, the one that sticks out the most is uh, the the gentleman that um, came out to his Australian parents, who were Mormons? That he was an atheist, and he was also gay. So uh, he he uh, thanked me for helping him with that. But of course, you know, I I I love to hear those stories. They they make me cry. They make me swell up. But I do have to put it in in perspective of not diminishing what. I might have had an uh, a part in influencing within you, or or helping, or um, uh, boosting your confidence in in something, uh, helping you to to really see critical thinking within yourself. Um, I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but I also realize that people on these pro on these um, movies about bronies are being inspired by. Um, this cartoon and thinking and reading into it and getting tattoos and getting cutie marks and everything on their flanks. (laughs) I'm very, I'm really into the show. I really enjoy the program. I can watch it. uh, When I, when I don't feel like watching something that might disappoint me, it's been very rock solid in its performance. Uh, Towards the end of season three, it really dropped off in quality in the beginning of season four. But uh, then it picked back up, and now, now the, the middle of season four and heading towards the end of season four has been some of the best episodes ever, I think. Um, and today specifically, and here's an example, Pinkie Pie is, of course, prides herself on being incredibly silly and the number one party planner of Ponyville. But a stranger comes into town and his name is Cheese Sandwich. And, he, and his sidekick, and he's, he's in this uh, Western motif, like a Clint Eastwood type of person rambling into town. But he wants to be the ultimate party planner. And he wants to um, show Ponyville how, how good at party planning he is. And uh, his sidekick is, is uh, Boneless, which is a rubber chicken, Boneless. I think that's what it is, right? No bones, bone, Oh boy, now I've forgot already. Anyway, it's voiced by Weird Al, um, and each episode. If, if you don't like singing, if you don't like sort of stage musicals, I'm not one for. I'm not one for stage musicals, to be honest with you. Certain types. I mean, I like Grease, but the ones where they do uh, do the. I can't do any of it right now. I have to do it on a slide whistle. That type of, uh, you know, um, real big, boisterous, boisterous, I don't even know if those are real words, types of singing, you know, stage singing. You, you've heard it. Cats would be a good example. Cat, anything from cats. I don't care for you know anything from um, from Frozen, <laughs> but that I like. See, I mean, there's no such thing as a bad genre of music. There's just bad music, and uh, the the songs in in My Little Pony, and they happen almost nearly every episode. You get a little song. This one I think had five songs in it because it's Weird Al going against Pinkie Pie because they both want to be the best in fact they have a goof off <laughs> they they are challenge they challenge Pinkie pie challenges cheese sandwich to a goof off to see who is the most best party planner in ponyville now if, if this hasn't captured your interest just on some a pony being named named cheese sandwich then, then there's no hope for you to to give this a try. Uh, I do recommend watching it from the beginning. I, I know um, Chris, uh, on uh, last night's episode of um, of Talkin' Talkies, had mentioned that you got to get past the first episode. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked the first episode. It was a two-parter. There's a lot of parts that are very scary in here. One thing that you'll hear people saying about My Little Pony is that it will... They'll do Benny Hill. They'll do Three Stooges. They'll do uh, Ren and Stimpy stuff. They'll do Tex Avery style, old uh, Warner Brothers stuff. They'll draw off of all these more adult things as well. There was something I saw um, towards, the, like I said, in the season four that I could not believe I saw. It wasn't a clockwork orange, okay? But it was <laughs> It was in between that and uh, and Three Stooges. It was somewhere in between there that I I couldn't believe i was seeing it, it being uh, referenced or worked out or what have you and there there's some programs uh, some episodes that are unabashedly um like nightmare before christmas going on so uh there's that there's some parts that are genuinely nightmarish that will give you nightmares i think there are some monsters that although they are um cartoons they suddenly get put against this background that is just dark and terrifying and the music is fantastic for it now the show tunes that go on in my little pony don't um rub me the wrong way they're not all my favorites but there will be favorites uh, that you will that you will encounter they might not be your genre but you will find yourself singing them uh chizzy agreed reluctantly to finally watch an, an episode i showed her the um, winter wrap up episode first and, and then you know we had to start sort of from the beginning because that episode hooked her you know she didn't know all the characters but like i said they're very transparent they're not hard to get to know i believe it's a i believe it's a misunderstanding when people are saying that they're deep characters the character development um, I, th- I believe the characters stay true to themselves, and as I mentioned, the the resolution to almost every episode is is moving beyond your comfort zone. Of well, moving beyond your comfort zone to resolve the issue. So I think that's about all I'm going to say for that. Uh, I I don't think you're going to run out and get you know a, a cutie mark tattooed on yourself. Uh, if you're, uh, if you watch an episode, I the, the, usually the first episode of every season and the last episode of every season are two-parters. And I like that they're not two-parter, uh, cliffhangers there. They will just be a two-part program that re- is resolved before the end of the season. Uh, and, uh. At the beginning of each season, you'll get a, a, res, a resolution to that two-parter as well. So the first episode is a two-parter, and it, you know it really shows uh, how everyone got together and um, the mythology behind it. There's deep mythology behind it, um, so that's what I like about it too, because it does show how gods are created. You know, it shows how um, it shows how mythology happens. The only difference is, is that, I mean, this, of course, these are Pegasus, Pegasides, these are unicorns, these are Earth ponies. I'm not, I don't like, any, I don't anymore, I, I used to uh, back in the day when when this type of airbrushing first came out for these, these characters. Uh, I had this one girlfriend, uh, girlfriend that became a girlfriend. They would send me these postcards with a wonderful, wonderful, um, intelligent writing on the back. But they would always be these fantasy scenes with unicorns and Pegasus High and things like this. But I don't like Pegasuses. I don't like unicorns. I don't like my little pony dolls of the uh, 80s. I don't really even care for horses very much anymore. I mean, I, I love horses. They're great. They're very intelligent. They're 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 wonderful horses. But uh, you know, I don't need to be around them. I don't need I don't need to watch a show with them. And one of my pet peeves is that every time you see a horse, it has to whinny as if we don't know it's a horse unless it goes. Murr! You know, <laughs> I don't know what that giant thing is. What is it? Murr! Oh, that's a horse. And by the way, how about Mr. Ed? Uh, I was singing about the theme song to that. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, unless your horse is a talking horse, and no one is the greatest horse unless you're the famous Mr. Ed. I thought the whole reason for that program was the whole thing behind that program is getting people to not find out that Mr. Ed could talk. And here, how could he be the most famous horse because he talks when you're trying not to let people find out he talks? That's like saying Martin Uncle Martin of My Favorite Martian Is the most famous Martian You're trying not to allow people to know That they're a Martian Anyway That's my Mr. Ed talk Yeah, I I know ISIS and all this other shit going on in the world Here I am worried about Mr. Ed and My Little Ponies Well, that's right Time Moves forward, and there has to be there has to be a balance, but there has to be a balance of of all things: the tragic, the attempt to repair the tragic, and the things that have nothing to do with the tragic. These these all these things can exi- exist. I remember a poem in the '70s; it might have even been in the late '60s, but I believe it was the early '70s. Called Whitey Whitey's on the Moon, and uh, it was about poverty. It was about uh, um, people that self-identified with uh, uh, black. Uh, the name of of, of of being black, of being I don't know even know if uh, Negro was the word back there. Um, and I'm sure the the poem was used a lot harsher language, but it was about you know. Not being able to get a job Being uh, discriminated against etc But Whitey's on the moon We don't have health care We don't have uh, food for the poor But Whitey's on the moon Yeah we're, we are on the moon And unfortunately the people That went to the moon Were of, were of uh, lighter complexions Didn't have as much melanin uh, In their skin But they had, no, they had no control over that They had no control Of who their parents were Okay, these people that were chosen to be astronauts. Could they have refused and say, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, why are you on the moon? Not going to happen. Because I don't want just to be on the moon. I don't want to go to the moon. I don't want to go to the moon. Now, who would want to do that? Progress has to happen. And it has to happen on all levels. And if something is neglected. You can't complain about other things that also need to move forward. Technology needs to move forward. Why? For military reasons. Okay, but let's also benefit from that. I don't want any part of the military happening. It's most likely why NASA, 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 NASA Community College, that's probably why NASA lost their their contracts, which is because they were no longer viable in the military uh, realm. Uh, that's, you know, we were in the Cold War, we could put shit in space It fires laser beams at people and uh, you know causes an earthquake machine and weather control and all those other tropes that are not realities well we can change the weather just not on demand (laughs) and not necessarily in ways we want it to change so things have to move forward so we need to have my little pony alongside of uh alongside of the news reporting that genetic race is a myth, and I still have not heard that. I still have not heard any program except for one person, one wonderful person, and I'm sorry that I'm not remembering anyone who did anything for me in the past few. It was one of my uh, fine Twitter friends. You're always my friend, but uh, right now I'm not going to bring up things. I'm going to be freeballing. So um, I'm just going to say I was sent, uh, I I can picture him, Picture a person, picture his, his kindness, kindness in his eyes. But uh, there was a, you know, a write up, just like sort of on a, I don't know, I don't even know if it was a local news or just an internet news site that finally brought up the, you know, once again reminded us that genetic race is a myth. And I hate to harp on this, but we continue to have people preaching out. Against racial inequalities, and even, uh, and st- I shouldn't even say even, and still uh, inequalities uh, based on uh, gender and gender benders, and uh, not as much on gender benders anymore. I mean, I'm sure on a on a smaller level, but on a on a on a much wider level, uh, where the homosexual um, attitude towards the homosexual homosexuality has uh, been going in a in a more favorable direction. Once again, uh, you know, I started dealing with things on an individual level when I was quite young. Between ages of 12 and 14, I believe. I didn't fully comprehend everything that I was thinking about that I was implementing that I was talking about. I wouldn't do that probably until I was 21. But uh, though that groundwork was put into motion, and what we have here is something built on a false groundwork, and that's what isn't getting out there. It's not getting out that we have no difference at the low levels. We are one race, the human race. Racism is based on vapor. It's based, It's based on nothing. It is not just based on us learning and thinking that there are differences. Those differences do not exist. We are making them up from whole cloth. And listen to previous episodes to find out why or read a book on genetics. A modern book on genetics or social anthropology. I recommended a few good books. You go to a wiggly a dot com. You'll see uh, in the show notes all different references to all different types of books that can uh, can bring you up to speed much much better than I can. So you know all, all this racism exists, sexism exists. Not as much as in the seventies. You know, get me a cup of coffee, sweetheart. You're at work. We're at work. <laughs> There was a funny thing, um, a little meme that went around, and it was about sometimes I don't know if I'm in high school or college. Oh yeah, I'm at work. I think that's what was the nature of it, um, or even grade school or high school, and I'm at work. <sighs> We as a species, as a human race, we take too much credit for, for uh, agency. Agency is the word, I believe. I think there's a, well, there's a book about free will by, um, what's his head, from Skeptic, Skeptic Magazine. You know him uh, much better than I do. My own people that snub me, my own people. My like-minded people that don't give me They no-sell me Who cares you know, I, can, I can only be myself I can only be the best version of myself And even then According to free will And the, the illusion of free will I am not even myself But uh, he spoke about uh, Agency And the The accreditation of agency when and I, I don't remember exactly how the quote went, but it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. It was something to I'm paraphrasing here. It was something to the effect of every time I believe I am the author of agency, I am not only sometime mistaken I am always mistaken and that is uh, dealing with and I don't think I'm going to get into the uh, predecessor to um, the uh, code of code of Hammurabi or the um, code of Ur-Namu I believe I'll tackle those when I actually can put something in front of me and read it I want to stick with I want to stick with non- Non-reading, just free-balling off the top of my head stuff uh, today. So, source it out yourself, like normal. I usually don't name sources anyway. You know, you, you're, you're in charge of sourcing. Do some work. And always, as I mentioned, always is don't take my word for it, that's for sure. So, I'm probably wrong. That's my, that's my nor- normal state. It's my stasis. Wrong, it's called. So uh, of course my my my, my um, yeah getting back to racism you have no control over who your parents were they fucked and you came out and there you are. So you can't blame someone's appearance or or whatever genes when we're talking about genes you can't blame it on them. They didn't have any anything to do with it. When I look at these beautiful women and and who I'm into now as far as who I like to look at and uh, not stalk, but try to um, troll, I guess would be the better better terminology for it. Harmless trolling, harmless trolling. And uh, even even uh, you know uh, not keeping it a secret from the person about the trolling and whys, who's, what, wheres and whys. They, you really have little control over what you look like. You know you have a modicum. Of control over, it. and certainly, if you go under a knife, you have control over it. But you know, it's Franky y shit, and it's up to the individual if that's what they that's what they want to do. It's for the right reasons or not not the right reasons. <clears throat> so, not only do you not have control over who your parents are, or who you are, who you come out to be. But uh, genetically speaking, they they didn't either, you know, and genetically speaking, we're only the human race, and that's who we are. And we as a species are, are you know, quite fond of thinking we're in, in the only species on Earth, which we're not, and I, that's what I always uh, bring up. And not only are we not the only species on the, the Earth, we're not the only, gen- I'm going to say, We we are we're the we're not the only foreground. We're not the only the part of the background. We're all part of the same thing: the foreground and the background. Can't have one without the other. So this earth, this cosmos, this everything, time, this uh, motion, this process, we're all in there. We're all in the stream. And it, it goes beyond, uh, we extends beyond we. No one's going to be thinking about that when, you know, your teenage kid's getting shot. But you have to look at this, and you have to look at that, and you have to look at it. Yeah, okay, we do have to look at those things, but that's not dealing with with the, the issues and what needs to be stated along with these issues of the, these uh, racial outbreaks and, and the reactions to the racial outbreaks and, and anything, you know, oh, two wrongs don't make a right. <clears throat> but uh, three lefts make a right, right? Yeah. I know two wrongs don't make a right. That doesn't mean things don't have to be dealt with. Everything has to be dealt with on an individual level. And we need to to consider the foundations of not just racism, not just the illusion of genetic race, not just cultural differences, not just... uh, um, Financial differences, class differences, heritage differences, uh, etc. Climate differences. We need, we need to consider the, the foundation of all of this. When people believe, in the, the foundation of belief, the foundation of why we believe. But also the foundation of how we think. And that's what gets into the <clears throat> free will bit that I, I mentioned about. There's all different types of isms, fatalism, determinism. Um, I, I mentioned about a, a lot of them. Uh, uh determinist, casual determinist, hard incompatibilit. And, and, <laughs> things I can't even pronounce, I can think in my head. Um, Predeterminist. And then, of course, you have... Uh, theological uh, determinism and then you have biological determinism you have uh, <sighs> uh, no nomino- nomenology nomenological determinism uh, you have metaphysical libertarians you have libertarians not the not the <laughs> Not the uh, political group, but that's a a form of isms that uh, your outlook on life, your your uh, your your thoughts on free will, your ideas of free will, your opinions on free will, those are the type of um, stances you can take about the concept of free will which as I'll always mention, number one is never free because there is something expended to, to will. No matter what type of will it is, there is an exchange of energy because of the laws of thermodynamics. And, um, and then that's that. So it's not free. There's a price that's paid uh, on a purely literal level. But my, my, uh, slogan throughout all of time has been that, um, observation isn't everything. It's the only thing. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, that's true. Cause we only, we, we, we only see life through our own observations and, uh, Geez, I knew how I, fit. I fit this into a funny saying, a funny slogan that I told somebody, and now I can't recall it. That's no, not even what I say. I say perception. <laughs> perception isn't everything. It's the only thing, because of how we perceive, we perceive everything in our own brains. But here's the thing. We don't, we don't just live inside our consciousness. We don't just live inside our subconsciousness. We also live inside our unconsciousness. <laughs> uh you know all these processes are going we don't beat our heart as um as alan Watts says and when you try to describe yourself i'm a dentist or i'm a um, atheist or whatever you're not describing yourself at all because there's all these other processes going on these orgas, uh, the org these orgasms these organisms these uh organelles these um Take it all the way down to the atom, you know. Take it beyond the atom to the quark. So all these other things going on. Now, they might not have uh, anything to do with the conscious or unconscious um, responses, but uh, they are part of us. We are them. They are us. We are them. We have no control over most of the, the business. And now, uh, as I mentioned before with thought, that we... Really, have no control over thought. We can add to, we can add to our um, our decision to study, our decision to reflect. But what spawns that decision to reflect? As you keep going back and back and back, you find out that uh, you, your consciousness did not start that. In fact, there could be a delay of anywhere from half a second to up to 10 seconds. Uh, scientists with 60% accuracy can decide what button you're going to press before you decide to press it by up to 10 seconds before you do. And they can get it right 60% of the time, which is greater than chance. And that's that's dealing with ten seconds. That's not dealing with milliseconds or, or other types of uh, uh, you know spans of time. But up to ten, 10 seconds is a long time, you know, uh, when you're when you're counting it out and thinking about thought processes, thought processes which happens at the speed of light. We can up open up new. Um, Neurons and new pathways and neurological pathways and et cetera. And now, was a part of the show where I talk about talk out my ass and about shit I don't know. Uh, just like the rest of the show. Hey, what do you know? I'm uh, if I'm if I'm one thing, I'm consistent. But it, it's you know, unfortunately, it's proven that uh, scientifically proven that our brain thinks things before we consciously think them. Most of us know that. Uh, I've talked about when you try to, when you tr- first learn how to drive a car, it's, I think it's very important, 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 very important to learn how to drive a car because pretty much everyone can do it, but I don't believe anyone can do it initially because the first thing that you try to do when you get behind a wheel is you try to drive the car. You try to push the car around. You try to steer it. You're trying to do it. You're consciously driving. It's not until you let your subconscious drive and you pay attention to the other things going on around you that you can actually drive well. Your subconscious mind is incredibly more powerful than your conscious mind. A lot more can be going on there but as I like to call it now, the unconscious mind, which actually would think of nothing, uh, is, is propelling the, your subconscious, which it really isn't. It's really just your subconscious. But your, but your subconscious has even more to do before it... I mean, your brain has... Your, people always say, well, you can't make the inorganic organic and not not people but the jehovah's witnesses that come around i'm saying you know i always say fuck you what the fuck do you know about <laughs> uh, th- making th- what what where is the line between inorganic and organic it's a difficult line to find there is a place between between living and non-living but it's it's to to a non-scientist to someone that doesn't study biology and 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 chemistry, there are chemical reactions all the time. It was like the old the thing that people used to say to me before uh, they got fucking kicked in the teeth about uh, have you ever about the big bang? Have you ever heard of an explosion pointing things together? Yeah, the sun. It fucking makes everything. We wouldn't be here without the sun. It's a giant explosion beyond anything that you could comprehend. <laughs> it's a it's a big it's a huge explosion you see every day and is making things happen nothing would be happening without this um so so sh- yeah now i just kicked your teeth down your fucking throat shut up dum dum <laughs> so there are there are things even there there are things that have nothing to do with thought i believe that influence our our subconsciousness that then we are made aware of and that's the problem with, with thinking is that we think we are the 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 phenom, the phenomology the phenoma, the phenomena the, the phenomenology of agency we believe that we are the agents the agency of our thoughts We believe we are the thinkers of our thoughts. We believe we are behind our thoughts. And our thoughts occur, and then we are disillusioned into thinking that we thought them. The things that come out of my mouth now, I think that I am thinking of those things that come out of my mouth now, where I actually am not. So I can't be blamed for all my... (laughs) ramblings and the ways that my brain goes. These are just the ways my brain goes. Can I shape that? Can I have an effect on that? Can I stifle myself? Well, it appears that I can. But actually, underneath that, and underneath those, going back and back and back, going back to, hey, why don't you all go back to where I came from? Going back to where my thoughts came from, it all goes back to a point where there was a chain reaction. I'm not talking about cause and effect because I don't know enough about cause and effect to talk about it. But it can be summarized by cause and effect. So if you think of cause, okay, do something and then something Happens from that, and you get this chain reaction that goes down down the pipe. That's what's what's going on here. There's some point. As I see, it's not a point; it's a process. So now I'm now I'm confusing myself, and I have to I have to remember that. But you can shape you can shape how you think. You can shape a lot of your performance. You can shape a lot of your current personality. You can shape a lot of your condition. But it's, uh, it's like this. You go on a diet and you get quite fit. Was that the first time you ever went on a diet? The, the time that you got fit? <laughs> Probably Not. Uh, or not even going on a diet, but exercising or what have you. Right now, I'm I'm overweight myself. Although, you know, if you look at me, you might not see it. <laughs> I definitely see it. <laughs> in certain angles, you could see it. Um, my psychiatrist's office—they now, of course, have to take your vitals when you go in. And uh, the person taking my vitals said, "I'm, you know, I look perfect for my weight." Well, my we my we fit would say differently. But I've been I've been much more fit, and it's because I I did things differently. Uh, was that the first time I tried to do things differently? No. Am I still trying to do things differently? Yes. What was different when I did things differently that it worked and I got fit? Uh, I stuck to it. Why? What? What was the difference? There was no there's no difference in today than yesterday. Nothing has changed. But something lower, 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 lower level made it me stick to it that time, or you stick to it that time. So it goes back to a point of, uh, doesn't that all fit into good fortune and everything else? Doesn't that all fit into uh, doing what you love and uh, the money will follow? Uh, thinking that, that is wrong to think that. It's wrong to think that you think your own thoughts, <laughs> On a lower level. But we can shape them by almost beating them. And, you know, they say you can't beat, beat a dog into submission, you can't beat things into people. But uh, through re- repetition, but then why do we repeat things? Because we decide to repeat them where we're not deciding to repeat them. <laughs> Lower level. It's, it, this, it's very circular. It's very circular. And people think this is deep. It's not deep. It's biology. It's electricity. It's chemistry. And it's from those inorganic elements that us as an organism happen. It is a happening, it is a process we are part of that process and um, contemplating things reflecting on things are very important why if we're just going to be pushed around it's not that simple there are connections there, are, there is connectivity a lot of it we will not have control of on a deep down level there's there's some people that will have a disconnect um, and, and never realize that they're and that's called uh, being uh, psychotic is believing your own thoughts to be real so there's some there's some brains we we might not be able to fix yet and there's some aspects of ourselves uh, you can't change a leopard's stripes <laughs> Tiger can't Jesus stripes Which I always thought Was bullshit Because I thought Man, I change changed all the time When I'm confronted With new evidence I can change my mind If it's more compelling Than what I currently believe Burp by the way And my belief Of my understanding Of truth Is the closest I could get to the truth um, Given My scope Of understanding I never really Call something That you know That's the truth I might say it, but it's it's not meant that way. That's for sure, because I can only be I can only be close to the only truth I can understand. Once again, that is within my scope. Scope can be opened up. Neuropathways pathways can be generated. We don't generate them. It's outside stimulus, outside stimuli. How did we get that outside? So why do we decide to read the book and not uh, play the video game? Well, because we made the choice, but we didn't. At at some point, going back, at some point in there, like, why do I want? To, why do I crave monster red over monster uh, um, f- f- clear, free, free and clear? Why do I? Why do I prefer um, the underground wonder bar to clear? It's my preference. It's my choice. But when it comes to foods, what is really making that choice? You can't say, I, conscience, I consciously chose, that's what I was hungry for, you say, right? How can you claim, how can you claim authority over what you're hungry for? That doesn't make any sense so anyway i listen to people that are a lot more intelligent uh on these subjects than i am i'll put something in the show notes let's see i will get out my amazon uh, kindle here uh let's see this book is called free will yeah free will Uh uh-oh This is really great <laughs> Let me find let me find this book for you no time will pass. Sam Harris Free Will by Sam Harris uh dedicated to Hitch. Isn't that interest isn't that nice? Christopher Hitchens. I think that's it for today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I said, uh, read Sam Harris's book. Read uh, debunking Sam Harris's book. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, places out there. Read Daniel Dennett. Um, read uh, read uh, science magazines. Check his sources for the experiments done on uh, on uh, neuro, neuro 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 neurology, a <laughs> uh, neurological studies the wonderful thing about the internet is a lot of this source material is freely available now where uh, it would have taken you months just to research one topic if not years sending away for things uh, bothering your local library to help send away for things it would have been very difficult um when i was a younger when i was young lad in the 70s and i guess even early 80s and stuff uh, And not until the late 90s Would we have this type of access Which is wonderful And also distracting And also exposes you to a lot of uh, Flim flam hoo-ha and whatnot And uh, I I am one of those flim flammers But I say I enjoy reproach I say Check me out ladies Give it a check You know what I mean Give it a wiggly check I'm going to leave you with a song that I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to listen to it. I will tell you it's a song by Alex S. And you can find it on YouTube and I'll put a... Also on Mediafire. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. As I always do, i also put a link to the Sam Harris book. And... uh, I don't know what else I talked about. I'll put a link to that in there as well. So here's a... Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Boy, do I... Gosh darn it, do I appreciate it. Please help spread the word about GiantMediaBall.com. Even if you don't like every program on there, I think I think you will enjoy listening to them. Even if you put them on in... The, even the ones you don't like, put on in the background because we got some great stuff on there. We got the Canon Canon... Which is Johnny Capcom and his friend Sean, which, if you didn't know, John and Sean are the same name in Irish, um, Irishish. They do a show called The Canon Cannon, which they review and rehash songs, uh, songs, songs by Canon, by Eric Cannon, uh, uh, f- movies, if you call them a, a direct, to, direct to VHS, movies by the Canon movie people. And they just they did uh, a uh, they did a Chuck Norris film made in made in the USA first. Uh, Where was it? Uh, Detroit nine nine thousand? No, Detroit. Uh, you know, United States attack was the first one, and then the second one they just did Breaking, not Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo, which, as you know. And not rapping, either. So they they reviewed Break In, the original one, where um, I was thinking of John Claude Van Damme because he almost ruined that whole fucking movie. Not that it's a uh, super-duper fragilistic, espialidocious movie, but I did see it at the Boy Theater. And Johnny Capcom, for some reason, remembers all that because I most likely bring it up constantly. (laughs) Yeah. I think there were 15 people in the the theater that uh, there might have been less. I didn't see Breaking Right when it came out, I don't think, at the Boyd Theater in downtown Bethlehem. Uh, And I I don't think there were a lot of people in the audience. But I did buy popcorn, and I did buy an ice cream sandwich. Take that out of the vending machine. Yeah, I love the ice cream sandwich vending. I wish I could get a hold of that. Oh, boy, was that great. That was great. Uh, don't remember where I was. Oh, the Can of cannon that we have. Uh, oh, my uh, Wiggly's Book Club. If you haven't, if you, I, I've had people say they want me to read the phone book. Well, guess what? I'm <laughs> Guess what? Uh, I'm reading a book. Uh, and I, that only goes on for a half hour. Read whatever I can. It's not It's not a book club where I recommend books you read or whatever. I just start reading a book. And I get as far as I can in a half hour with my dyslexia and my um Double, triple vision and, and my my asides and everything else. So that happens every other week. Canon canon can, can, can happens every other week on Fourth Night. Uh, we also have The Pie Crust, which I mentioned, which is about geeky things, much more geeky than I am into them. We have uh, Club Kayfabe. That's pro wrestling. How about that? <laughs> wow! Gotta be something to have it on the network that I'm part of, pro wrestling. Uh, we have Talkin' Talkies, which is a rehash of uh, different films that they uh, ask you to watch. And then everything that's in uh, out, of, out of my stable as well, which uh, the things that I am involved with, which is uh, Wiggly's Book Club which is a weekly world which is um we talk games ask the video game millionaires and pick it a the book three we talk games programs uh, are happening per month for a total of six programs we have one weekly program we have uh, two monthly programs and then any other little thing that I decide to put oh and we also have at the end of each month we have uh, uh, another fantastic show hit start now uh once again, out of uh, out of Johnny Capcom's locale, out of the Galway, uh, which is just so good, so good. Richie and Spud are behind that. And over at the Club Kfabe Camp, we have uh, Pat, we have um, Dan, we have Mike, and we have. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I just I mentioned him 18 times this episode. Pete, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why does this why does this happen to the the? Come on, neurals go. Um, Chris, Chris, yes, 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 Chris, Chris. Also involved in in wrestling, really really progresses the. I don't know how Club Kayfabe came about. I might have been Dan Dan Peck that that got the ball rolling on all these uh programs because he seems to be the common thread but i know that chris o'mealy really uh really helps push these shows along as well and everybody pat mcdermott i knew i knew him wiggly sito mike uh mike Irizarry, also people know him as well these are all people that I, that I used to know i don't i don't know if how i don't know my involvement with chris um i don't know how far back that goes but definitely with uh, all the other fellers on there and a lot of the listeners. Matt mad, mad, uh, mad Awesome. And everyone out there. Thanks, everybody. Once again, it took me, uh, what, 10 minutes after I said I was going to go? Here's Alex S. Thank you once again for listening deep, 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 deep down from the bottom of my pits. I'm Wiggly a wiggly world.